Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before we get into the stories, I do have to give more trigger warnings. There's a mentioning of rape in story number three, and also some pedophilia in story number one. Like I said, I know a lot of you don't like these types of stories, so if you want to avoid it, now you know. And as always, if you have a story you want to share, there's a link down in the description of where you can send your story. And without further ado, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. This happened when I was 15. I was pretty heavy for my age, so I was never really lucky in the dating department, especially with guys from my own school. As I was lonely, I'd started my own profile on the dating app OkCupid. I know it was stupid, considering how young I was at the time, but I thought it wouldn't hurt to try. I ended up matching with a lot of people, especially with guys who were in their 20s. I thought it would be really nice to talk to someone older, considering how immature guys my own age were. Looking back at it now at 22, it really makes my stomach hurt. Anyways, I had talked to a few nice guys and a lot of creeps, but I had matched with this one guy who we'll call Mitchell, and he was one of the nice guys in his 20s. He was also one of the few guys that I really liked talking to, and he was really nice. He gave me countless compliments, and he even gave me my own nickname, Bubbles. I did find it kind of cringe, but also kind of sweet, because it reminded me of the Powerpuff Girls which I love. As we continued talking, he wanted to meet up. I was living with my best friend and her family during this time for shitty reasons at my own home. So if we didn't meet, I didn't want her parents knowing about it. So I waited until my best friend's parents fell asleep for him to come and see me. I remember it was around after 10 p.m. and the whole house was asleep. I was waiting downstairs in the living room for his text when he had arrived. I told him to park at the laundromat because I didn't want him to know where I or my best friend were living at. Once I got his text, I snuck outside, nervous as fuck since it was my first time meeting a stranger online in person. As I was walking him to the laundromat, I saw him. He was walking towards me, and as it turns out, he was exactly the same guy he was in his pictures. I stood a distance as I was shy, and he instantly wanted a hug. I gave in slowly, and he was much taller and skinnier than me. I had felt something hard in his pants, and yeah, I thought it was his manhood. Once the hug was done, I asked him about it, and he had actually told me it was just his big pocket knife. I was already still uncomfortable, but I just got more after that. He wanted a kiss, but I told him I couldn't, because I had to go before my parents found out I wasn't home. So I told him we would next time, and we parted ways. I made sure that he left first before I went back to the house. Going back inside, I was just like, yeah, I should probably stop talking to this guy. But nope, I didn't. Let's give it a second try, I thought. The day after, he told me how cute I was in person and how much he really wanted to kiss me. And I just kept telling him sorry I was too shy, but next time we will, etc. 
And after that, he just wouldn't stop bringing it up. And eventually, about two days later, we met again. This time it was in a church parking lot, and I smoked some weed to make me less nervous and shy. I mean, it did help. But before I left the house, I made sure to bring a weapon with me just in case. A butter knife, hidden in my sleeve. He was waiting in his car, and once I got in, we had made some small talk, and he brought up the kiss. I kind of felt bad to say no, and I didn't really want to at all, but I gave in. We began kissing, and I'll never ever forget his mouth. It was so sour. Like not good Sour Patch Kid sour, but like he ate some baking soda or something nasty. He was enjoying himself while I was just waiting for it to be over. He then went for my chest, and I stopped him right there, telling him that was enough, that I was really tired and should go home. He was begging me to stay longer, but I was just so uncomfortable. Even though the house was less than two minutes away, he drove me home. I held the knife, making sure that his doors were unlocked in case of the worst. He then dropped me off, and he told me to text him. I went back in the house and instantly brushed my teeth. He texted me again saying he wanted to take me out and asked when he could see me again. But I had to let him down. I told him that I think it would just be better if we were friends and that I didn't really feel that spark with him. I just really hate letting people down even though I know sometimes they deserve it. Luckily, he never did stalk me or anything else afterwards. But once I let him down, he was really upset. He told me that he really wished he could have made love to me that night, especially if he knew he wasn't going to see me again. He was telling me all the things that he wanted to do to me and my body, and I was just in shock. I honestly couldn't believe it, since I was 15 and he knew that, and he was in his 20s. I'm really so lucky that it didn't turn out worse, or that those things he wanted to do to me never happened. After telling me all those things, he said goodbye, and I never did hear from him again. I know that people do stupid and silly stuff at a young age, and they often look back, wondering why the fuck did they do that. I've definitely done more stupid things than what other people did. But please be safe out there while meeting people online, because you never know what their real true intentions are. Especially if you're a naive 15-year-old girl meeting a guy in his 20s that wanted to make love to you. So yeah, just be careful out there. About two years ago when I was 24, I used to go to a grocery store near my work a lot for my lunch break. I would get food from the hot bar and go about my day. One day I was left a note in my food box. The note said something along the lines of, Hey, I think you're really cute. Text me sometime. I wasn't sure who had left the note, but I figured no harm would come of texting the number and talking to the person. I texted them and they replied that they were one of the girls who work in the deli and they would like to go on a date and hang out sometime. She said that she was a 29-year-old mom and looking to have some fun. I had been going through quite a dry spell at the time, so I figured why not, let's just see where it goes. That Saturday night I picked her up and we went to a bar for a bit to talk and get to know each other. There I learned that she had broken up with her child's father just months before because he had been a cheater or something. I can't really remember all the details. 
After being at the bar for a bit, she asked if I wanted to hang out with her and her friends in the city that night. I said sure and we all went out and I didn't go home until like 1 in the morning. The whole drive back to her house, I could really tell that she was into me. Not gonna go into detail here, but it was unmistakable, if you catch my drift. We finally get back to her house, which I might add is a rundown trailer down a lonely country road. We go inside and we start doing what you might expect on a one night stand. Just when we were about to get started, headlights flooded the bedroom window. She looked at me terrified and asked, did they pull in or go by? I said no, it looks like someone pulled in. She then says, oh shit, be cool. At this point I'm freaking out like, um, be cool? What the hell is that supposed to mean? So I just rolled up in the covers of the bed and pretended to be asleep. Right after I did that, I then heard someone angrily pounding on the front door. A man could be heard yelling, Who the fuck's truck is this outside? This continued for about half a minute, and eventually he got in, and I could hear him and another man arguing with the girl in the living room. He sounded drunk, and it almost sounded like the other man was trying to talk him down. It wasn't long before the man busted in the bedroom and then threw the covers off of me. He then turned to the woman, then screaming, And who the fuck's this? It was then that he drew his 45 pistol, then pointing it right in my face. I can still remember this man's face as I stared at it, wondering if I was about to die right there and then. I then put my hands up and pleaded with the man that I didn't know anything and that she said she was single and that I was sorry. After about 15 seconds of pointing the gun at me, he then angrily shouts, Look, I don't care. You better get the fuck out of here right now. I wasted no time pulling at my pants and running out the door, all the while terrified he was going to shoot me in the back. I peeled out of that driveway, spading down the country road, shaking and thanking my lucky stars that I made it out of that situation alive. I was about five minutes down the road, when I then heard a phone ringing in my passenger seat. The woman had left her phone and wallet in my truck. I let the phone ring out two times before deciding I had to answer it. On the other line, it was just a man who simply said, Hey man, he's gone. She just wants her phone back. Me not being so quick to believe, I asked him to put her on the line to confirm, and she said the same thing. Against every fiber of my being telling me to just go home, I turned around and cautiously made my way back to the trailer. As I drove up, I could see the silhouette of a man in the front yard waving at me, and as I pulled up in front of the house, the woman approached my truck to collect her belongings. She had clearly been crying the whole time and apologized profusely, saying it wouldn't happen again. In my mind, I was just thinking, yeah, you're damn right it won't, because I don't plan on ever getting involved with you again. I didn't sleep much that night, and I had to be at work early the next morning. She continued texting me for weeks trying to get me to hang out with her before I finally blocked her. I've really tried to forget all about this incident as much as possible. I am now way more careful with who I decide to hook up with, and I look at every situation with open eyes that I'm not invincible and that even a simple misunderstanding could lead to me losing my life. Take my advice and please be careful.
Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption from the stories, but I need to take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. Are you looking for an easy way to eat well and save money? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast and easy and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant quality meal right in your own kitchen. No matter your lifestyle or meal preferences, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. I like HelloFresh personally because it makes everything easy. They provide you with fresh and quality ingredients, as well as amazing recipes that are super easy to follow. Go to HelloFresh.com Cannibal65 and use code CANNIBAL65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com Cannibal65 and use code CANNIBAL65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I'm going to apologize in advance for the story. It's quite long, but it's 100% true. My thoughts may be scattered since it's been a few years since these events happened, so I do apologize for the recollection and retelling of my story. I do want to state that the story does include the topic of rape, and I do want to make both readers and listeners aware of that. To start off, I have to describe the situation I was in. It was the start of the pandemic, and I had just turned 18 but was still in high school due to a late birthday. It was towards the end of my school year in May 2020, and the pandemic had become widespread, and my high school classes were all online. Slightly relevant information, I had been kicked out of my parents' house due to an altercation between my mother and I. I had recently exited a long three-year miserable relationship with my ex-boyfriend, and I ended up couch surfing a few friends' places since I was homeless with no money. Depressed and trying to get my mind off a recent ex-lover, I decided to finally try the dating scheme of Tinder. I had never had the real confidence to enter the online dating scene, but I had to do something. I ended up receiving a bunch of matches, and I was so flattered and in shock since I truly didn't believe I would ever get any matches or have any luck with anyone. My first mistake was putting my Snapchat in my bio, thinking nothing of it. I had over 500 people add me on Tinder, which was a lot for me. I'm the girl who had 50 Snapchat friends, no Instagram followers, and no other real form of social media. I had been heavily bullied for years, and I only had one significant lover at the time. So that amount of spam I received was horrifying. Now, because I was desperate for a place to live, I ended up talking to this guy in the Navy, who was living in another state over who I barely knew and I ended up moving in with him the first day we met. While my ex-boyfriend Joel was sexually and mentally abusive towards me, he is not the focal point of this story. He's just a defining detail who was also stalked by the same person who was stalking me. Since I had allowed the world to have access to my personal social media, this falls entirely on me. And with that, Ian became a character of my life for months on end. Ian's Snapchat account was brand new, and I had deleted Tinder since I had started a relationship with Joel. I had not yet moved in with Joel since he was still living on his ship on base and was securing an apartment for us. I was originally suspicious of Ian's account 
since it was such a low snap score of zero. I'm positive it was a throwaway account that he had quickly made, or something of that nature. I originally informed Ian that I had secured a relationship, and I rejected any intentions he may have possibly had. Ian didn't exactly accept that answer, though. He truly did not believe I was indeed in a relationship with Joel, and he harassed me day and night. I would receive hundreds of texts painting me as a whore for the streets, and claiming that I was lying about the shitty relationship I was in with Joel. Initially, I thought it was amusing, more like a cruel prank being played on me. That is, until the harassment lasted for weeks. I got tired of the hundreds of messages I received from this stupid account, and I ended up blocking it. I thought that was the end of it, but if that were the case, I wouldn't have needed to write this story. After blocking the obvious fake profile, I received new fake profiles trying to contact and talk to me, and being the person who was open to anything, I would chat with them, finding out that it was indeed still Ian harassing me. After I blocked him, he found Joel's social media, and he started spamming him on both Instagram and Snapchat. Ian would only speak about me to Joel, and it freaked both me and Joel out. Both of us had made the decision to continue blocking this person and letting whatever infatuation he had with me fade away. After a few weeks of fake profiles, I can only estimate maybe 20 profiles that were made to speak to me. I had broken down, and I ended up asking what the hell he wanted. He stated that he was really just a lonely guy, and he just wanted someone to talk to. And I complied. He had expressed that the crippling anxiety of the whole ordeal had kept him up for three whole nights, and I had felt kind of guilty for that. I had thought this streak of craziness had ended, and I was honestly open to a real genuine friendship. I had really sympathized with his mental health struggles, because I too had been battling through the dark parts of my thoughts for a while, and I completely understood. He had apologized for his actions, having me break down alongside him, while explaining how shaky my situation with Joel was. Joel had ex-girlfriend issues, especially with letting someone go, which had severely strained our relationship. And with him being maintenance in the Navy, he was stuck on 12-hour shifts all week. Ian had spilled to me how he was in college, how his home life with his parents and siblings was, and how he also had issues with females in the past. He thought I was like the others, and he was really glad I messaged him first, which took me back by surprise, since I hadn't messaged anyone on Tinder, since I didn't really have the confidence to start a conversation with someone first. Thinking about previous conversations I had with Ian, it finally clicked in my pea brain that his story was not adding up to anything. He told me that he was living in a state above my home state, and that he was a data science major. However, I never called him out for this inconsistency, since I now had a burning curiosity about who this person was. It had also occurred to me that this person knew my name, the general area I was from, and what I looked like, whereas I had no idea what he looked like or even if his name was really Ian. I didn't blow off my cool, and I ended up pretending to be his friend. At the friend stage, he would tell me how Joel was cheating on me, and I had asked for screenshots of him admitting that he was cheating on me, and oh boy did I get them. Upon receiving these messages, Ian expressed how I deserved a real man who wouldn't be such a jerk, and how he'd kill to have a girl like me, 
I then received the much-anticipated snapshots of a conversation, presumably between him and my ex-boyfriend on Snapchat. But Joel's bit emoji didn't exactly match his actual bit emoji, and his texting style in real life and the obviously fake text messages I had received were completely different. I had confronted Joel about the accusations, and I had Joel immediately point out that these messages were obviously fake, and that his texting style was totally different, along with his emoji being slightly different. I didn't believe Ian, but simultaneously, while he was acting this way towards me, he ended up messaging a friend that I had shouted out on my story. Violet's not her real name, but for her protection, I'm just going to use the name Violet. I hadn't told Violet much about Ian until she brought him up and then expressed that he had added her on Snap. His demeanor towards me was very different than his demeanor towards Violet. He ended up telling Violet that he lived in my county, he told her what school he went to, and they actually became friends until he started becoming very aggressive towards her. Violet had her location on Snapchat allowing her friends to be able to view her location. And that's when he then sent her exact address to her, and he threatened to show up uninvited and rape her. Freaked out, she ended up blocking me, and then expressing how Ian had threatened to rape her, as well as sent unsolicited dick pics to her. Unfortunately, she didn't have any evidence, but I did believe her entirely, and he denied the accusations I threw at him. He freaked out on me for not believing him and for being terrified, since I was his infatuation for a bit, and that he was even capable of even having thoughts like that towards Violet. I really began to fear what he had in store for me. I ended up cutting Ian off since this is where I was going to draw the line. You can find my other social media accounts on fake accounts if you want to harass me. You can bother my shitty abusive ex-boyfriend with fantasies about us being together, but the moment you threaten to rape my friend, You've crossed the line. I had blocked him, and I took my friend's side on that. That's when I then received a random message. Not on Snap, but iMessage. The message stated something around the nature of, Hey, you're one of the last people to have messaged Ian before he went missing. A police report has been filed. Please keep us updated if you have any further information. I was perplexed by the message, because I had never even given Ian my phone number so I angrily wrote something back about how the fuck they got my number and how I wanted a police report or whatever. I searched high and low for Ian's missing police reports in the state that he said he lived in. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It had been about a full year of this nonsense going on with the constant harassment, and I'd really gotten used to it. He hadn't made any real attempts to meet me in real life, and I had honestly forgotten all about him saying he was missing. That is, until I got his final message, in which he then apologized for being himself. He admitted to me that he had lied about his name, and that he ended up using the name of someone who had previously died near him, and running with it. He explained that he had made some friends on his fake Snapchat that he created to talk to me, particularly those who knew him as the fake persona he created, and that now he's going back to school seriously, that he's going to stop talking to me, and he apologized for the year-long nightmare in which I dealt with him harassing me. He apologized for finding all of my other social media accounts, and he swore up and down that he never did threaten to rape Violet. And just like that, Ian was gone. I ended up looking up the name he used, 
and he apparently didn't lie about using the name of someone who recently died in the area. I don't really know if he got a girlfriend or if maybe he just realized an us was never going to happen. It's been about two years since this happened, and I really doubt Ian remembers me because I was just a stranger on the internet who he became attached to but never met. I lived in paranoia for a while since he knew my face and name and I had no idea who he was or what he looked like, and I really feared that if I ran into him in public, I'd be an easy target since I wouldn't be expecting it. I know this story isn't as terrifying as some of the other stories you've heard here, but it really did shake me up for a while. The fear has significantly gone down as time has passed, but all of the thoughts of him haunt my mind, and the possibility of him still being out there, waiting for me or watching me, freaks me out. So yeah, Ian, if you happen to hear this, I really hope you get the professional help you rightfully need and deserve. Anyway, that's it. I haven't heard from Ian since, and I don't expect to ever hear from him again.